This is Living Proof Radio, May 2024. All of our full episodes are available on our Patreon with weekly drops, a Patreon-only radio show, and Living Proof magazine delivered to your house every issue, as well as our entire members-only library backlog. Patreon.com slash York. Uh, yeah, so what's been new with you since we last spoke? It's been like a year. I know that you said last time that you really don't care much about leaving New York, uh, traveling outside of the United States. It's completely straight for you to just stay here. Do you still feel that way? Are you sick of New York yet? Nope, not sick of New York. I'll be here probably till I'm dead. I got a lot of retirement plans here. Um, we'll see if I follow through on those. But um, yeah, no, a lot of people should leave though, like they did during COVID. So um, we could have more space and more parking. Um, yeah, um, same old, what about you guys? Yeah, I don't know. I honestly feel like I love New York, but then every so often I'm here for too long. Yeah. And then I really don't like it, and I need to get out for a little bit. I need to go kind of like to a secluded secluded area. So it's just kind of strange for me. I was re-listening to our last episode, and you were saying that, and you were saying, like, I never need to leave. But all the people I know who were born and bred here, or even just people who moved here and spent a lot of time here, and uh, they get fucking sick of it after a while. And I can see why there's a lot of overpopulation. And that just leads to a bunch of stuff, a bunch of, like, corny stuff a bunch of stressful stuff a bunch of crazy mental health stuff so it was just crazy for me re-listening to our last episode how you said that because i'm like that's fucking kind of wild you know what i mean you know what over the weekend i was in central pennsylvania which i have this weird obsession about central pennsylvania i've been driving through it from new york to ohio for almost over a decade probably 15 years and all along the way i've stopped in all the towns Mm -hmm. for other reasons or another um, so we were out there and, you know, you get on the highway and you're like trees, water, cool yeah. space. Then you get there and in these towns and you're like, shit, uh, everyone here is fucked. So no matter where you go, like there's always some problem where it's like there's just some problem. Mm. You know, I don't know. No matter where you go, it's just how it's just whatever you make of your own situation. I mean, I just had a bunch of friends from Ohio move here. And they're like, I don't know, uh, should I stay or should I go? But then you realize every week there's a show. Uh, uh, you can walk around 24 hours a day and do whatever the fuck you want without some guy yelling off his pool, you know, give or take, right? Um, you can eat any time of the day. You go to some cities, everything shuts down by 9. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think it is probably one of the best places if you just want to remain here and just – do your thing at all costs, all time, all time of the day, right? Um, other than that, um, I don't really see a reason to mm-hmm. leave ever. Yeah, I, I, um, I personally just came to a crossroads recently in my life where I was kind of like moving out of a place and I had to decide whether I was staying in New York or doing something else. And I actually chose like the van life. I bought a van and I'm currently Shit. converting it. And it's like you said, like moving around, you get to see different things, experience new, you know, I don't know, just having new experiences in life. And that's kind of what I was like itching for because in my mind, I was like, yo, if I just get an apartment in Brooklyn again, it's going to be kind of the same routine, kind of the same roads. So I was like, yo, let me, you know, I'm young. So I was like, yo, why not just experience this? And 
like you said, central Pennsylvania is actually really sick. I've been going out to uh, Lancaster, like oh, yeah, the yeah. Amish, Amish country. country yeah. Dude, so sick yeah, just to yeah, see yeah. that way of life and uh, the food there, just everything. And it's like you just sleep somewhere one night and you never have to go there again and you just keep pushing it, you know? Yeah, no, that's cool. I guess if that's like everyone has their like little goals or whatever, I just kind of know what I want to do and I already like it. I've, maybe a lot of people don't even know that about themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're still trying to figure it out. Um, so they're just like, yeah, you know, I got to like – What's the movie where the dude gets in the van uh, and he like ends up dying in the van because he has oh, a trust um, him? What's it called? Uh, I know that it was in Alaska when he goes there. Fuck if I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He has Fuck. the trust fund. He gives it yes, away to the yes, homeless yes, dude yes, and he ends yes. up dying in the van. Yeah, that's that's a great shit. movie. He died yeah. alone because he couldn't cross the river yeah. at the or, end. No, he couldn't find food. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't, it, the winter hit. He couldn't mm-hmm. find food. He mm-hmm. died there. Hopeless, you know, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, that won't happen here. You know, I got deli's 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. But th- there really is a lot of shit that happens in New York every single weekend, all the time. There's always something to do. And always I think that's something. the cool shit. And that's just because of how many fucking people there are here. It's like you were saying with the traffic and it's just really, really overpopulated. And you don't, I feel like we, we know it as we live here, but you don't really know it until you find yourself somewhere else that is that is not New York. Um, are you still, you know, that being said, like New York has like the craziest one of the craziest and most active graph scenes, you go to a different state, and even if it's known for its graph, it's not like New York in terms of its activity. Um, are you still painting? Yeah, all the time, all the time. You're still very active? Yep, all the time, yep. And you don't get, uh, you don't ever start thinking, like, what's the point or feeling over it in any way? Oh, man, you know, um, I you think about that all the time, actually. Um, but with the freight stuff, it's like, you know, I was thinking about it. There's just a difference. There's sometimes, you know, I just don't want to stay out late. I don't want to bomb anymore. I can't stand it. I can't stand driving around with four people. No one has a plan, looking for spots, blah, blah, blah. You know, like then at the end of the night, I'm going to eat deli food. I'm going to wake up the next day feeling absolutely terrible, dehydrated, my, you know, all that bullshit. And then the risk of like missing work or whatever the fuck. And then also like, you know, you could do something big and then oh what's the point you know fresh paint's gonna flick i don't give a fuck about that shit so it's like i think there's some people who really just love certain things right like they love the feeling of being on a 15 foot ladder right they love that they love the feeling of being on a billboard that's their thing right for me i do like applying paint to like brick that's there's nothing better than that but for trains it's like i love the fact of certain things like i love the way railroad like rocks just feel walking on them like simple things like that i love the way the tracks smell right i love being around like big metal structures or in between them and i also love just the way rustoleum just fucking comes out of the can and you can just how it, it you can't feel it, but you can. You can feel like the paint hit metal. It's a different feeling. I don't know. So I do love that about it, which is like all kind of, I don't know, like Asperger-y way. You know, it's like weird, you know, to think about it all like that. But I think you go out every time because there's this one thing that you love about it, right? Whether it's like a smell or it's like uh, being high in the air or uh, just simple things like railroad rocks or whatever. So would you say you prefer freights yep. to, to streets? Yes, yes, 100%. Oh, for real? Has it always been that way? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. So now when you're painting, you're just mainly painting freights as opposed to... Yeah, you know, I w- would be lying if I didn't say that applying paint to a gate, which is something you can only really do here, mm-hmm. there's not many places in the world that you can find shutters or gates, and the way that paint goes on a gate where it's like... As you're going down with the can, it's like, there's something to that. I'm like, oh, I like that, right? Like, that feels pretty good to do that. Um, but yeah, freight's a hundred percent. Do you, go ahead, bro. no, I was just going to ask, do you feel like the freight scene in New York city? Cause you know, like freight scenes are more dominant in like places where there aren't cities, you know, cause that's what people have ac- accessibility to. Do you th- feel like it's like oversaturated in the city? Like, cause um, there's like only a limited amount of yards you could say. Right. I feel like graffiti is oversaturated in New York and I feel like it looks a lot different than it probably should. Um, but I don't know if I'm the the bearer of bad news to say that considering I'm not from New York, but and uh, I don't I wouldn't say that I've reinvented style in any way or form. Uh, but I feel like it probably doesn't look the way it should here. And that goes the same way as freights. I think there's a lot of people attached to graffiti all of a sudden for some weird reason. And I feel like maybe they should learn how to just rein- keep the wheel rolling rather than trying to reinvent it all the time. And as far as like oversaturated of train yards in New York, yes, there are a lot of people trying to make an attempt. But what they need to learn is that their attempt is not a good attempt. And it'll never be a good attempt trying to do that in New York City in 2022. We live on an island. You know, you have to remember that a lot of East Coast cities like Miami or New York are on an island. Things come in one way, they come out, they go the same way out. You can only bring so many trains into this area. There's not enough for everyone. There never will be enough for everyone. As like, you know, Amazon gets big, things come in by truck or they come in by boat or and they get broken down and they deliver in a van. Things aren't always coming in by train anymore, even though a large popularity of our goods go back and forth by train but they're not specifically coming into new york city that way right a place that used to get ten thousand cars per year now gets three thousand cars per year with that said more people move here try to paint it just it, it just doesn't work um and there's also a big part of this is like a freight dedication freight knowledge all that type of stuff and it's it's you have to question yourself why would I waste my resources, time, paint to go do something and annoy a bunch of people who do this all the time just so, like, I can, uh, you know, do something dumb on a car that's going to leave and get gone over by someone else in, you know, Chicago or Philly, you know? They don't know. And even in New York, they're getting capped all the time. So there's people who I don't think that they have a lot of loyalty or knowledge to trains. It's just easy to go on their lunch break or after work so they don't have to stay out all night and do that type of thing. So you said that it was, you said, did you say last year 10,000 came in? There used to be like probably like maybe 15 years ago, you know, there'd be like 10,000 cars coming through um, the ports to come here or, and now it's only about 3,000. And I don't know how they break that down, but, I, you know, in New York City, there's only one set of freight line tracks from the Bronx all the way to uh, South Brooklyn. 
and they're you know obviously from there you can figure it out obviously pretty easy this is no fucking mystery it's like you can tell which places get which trains and there's not a lot of fucking trains so that's that's pretty crazy 10 to 3 or whatever it is yeah. it's, it's less and less because like you said there's boats there's trucks there's just different ways of, of, of transporting shit and that's actually something that was has been on my mind um just like do you think that the freight scene in the United States could be a thing of the past, meaning something that inevitably has an end because freights will become an outdated technologies, just like how different cars have just went extinct. Well, what stops more and more cars from going extinct and what stops like, oh, well, we have these crazy Tesla trucks now that will deliver shit 3000 times as fast. Do you think that that could lead to a death of the freights or not really? Um, not with the not with the way online purchasing is and how goods are consumed so fast by things like Amazon. You know, like if you get to bench a line, you'll notice like on Intermodal, it's a lot of Amazon containers. It's a lot of stuff from overseas. It's a lot of, you know, everything we have goes on a certain type of train. But as far as like other trains, you know, yes, they, you know, obviously in this video, there was like a segment where they made a huge mistake the railroad made a bunch of cars that weren't going to last. Uh, there'll always be that. But the popularity of the railroad is quite actually high, but that's only for certain things like cars and goods. But certain things like boxcars, they will be diminished over time. I don't know if those will always be uh, there. Um, plastic is also used uh, largely. Obviously, we're always using plastic goods. It's hard to recycle plastic, so they're not constantly making more and more and more of it. Um, but that'll never go away, right? And those, it's cheaper to go by freight. Um, it's so much cheaper to go by freight. But you're, you're, ins- you know, there's things that happen like break-ins, and that goes with everything. Trucks get broken into, but. Um, yeah, you know, um, I don't think necessarily the railroad will diminish. Actually, there's so much work to be done on the railroad that they can't actually find people to drive the trains back and forth. Uh, CSX is having a huge ta- ta- hard time finding people to work, literally just drive the trains back and forth. They can't find people to work. I mean, that's we can't find people to work anywhere. But, um, yeah, you know, trains are always going to move. Garbage goes through trains from New York. And they take it to Ohio and dump it, or Pennsylvania, or Virginia. That'll always be a thing, but there will be a lot of cars we see just disappear over time. Um, they won't look like they used to. I think there'll a lot of be there'll be a lot of just the same type of car, and maybe that's like five just cars. Whereas one time you had so many beautiful type of cars, and those are just the expiration date for those is just now here. Um, a lifespan of a railroad car is forty years. And then they get the opportunity to just scrap it or they get the opportunity to refurbish it. Um, they, I've seen them, you know, refurbish a lot of cars that carry beer, per se. Um, those things are crazy. Um, they look so weathered, but, you know, you put new wheels on them and a new door and they're good to go, right? Those just won't always be here. They'll be replaced by another car that will be the same company carrying, you know, back and forth and they'll be able to be a lot stronger and i think there's be a lot more fleets of just those one things why is the lifetime only 40 years what about the train gets fucked up uh rust um the brakes um pretty much just like just a, you know how you drive a car and it reaches 200 miles 200,000 miles on a car and 
all of a sudden your car just doesn't work anymore. Oh, your iPhone operating system, you didn't upgrade it. Your iPhone just doesn't work anymore. That's how a fucking train works. It just gets beat down over time. And then the railroad also has new requirements mm. for cars as well that if they don't, if these companies do not follow them, then they get, you know, fined or whatever, for whatever reason, you know? So, um, yeah. That's kind of crazy that they can't find people to drive the drive the trains, and that's like, I guess, one of their bigger issues. Because you think, I would think that that wouldn't really be the issue. You know what I mean? The railroad's hard work. You're always on. You're always on call, like a firefighter. Um, they have strange hours. Strange hours. Um, you know, and there's there's strange regulations mm. and rules to it. Um, really, you know, a couple of my friends really just did. They decided, hey, you know. I want to work for the railroad and the railroad sent them down to Atlanta mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they work for CSX. Mm-hmm. It was just that easy mm-hmm. where a long time ago it was only veterans who worked for yeah. the railroad. It was hard to get a job. You had to, yeah. you had to, and you had to be coming home from the army or, you know, um, you had to have a way in, you know, just like the union yeah. or whatever. Um, and now anyone can work for the railroad um, yeah. as long as you like probably don't have a felony or a drug problem. Yeah, I so. mean, I mean, those things takes a lot of trust because you're essentially in charge of like millions and millions of dollars of cargo. But what I've noticed is that it's not only CSX, but like just labor jobs in general. Because I'm still in the plumbing industry, and you know, every year we have like um, like an apprenticeship recruitment. You know what I mean? Like where you get a application, you can go through the process, and less and less people are even going to the lines. You know what I mean? Like I think as generations move on, like they realize that they can make money off of you know different means instead of working with their hands like online businesses and all these type of you know entrepreneurships and all this stuff so like labor jobs are essentially diminishing you know in numbers which is uh you know you can take it as you want but it's pretty crazy because i feel like uh, there's only so much robots can do you know yeah. the human mind can troubleshoot things quicker i feel you know yeah i mean they want robots to do everything there's um fuck i can't remember What's his name? I'd have to look it up. He's an industrial designer. Basically, he's already designed a world long ago. He's dead um, right now. But he has designed a world that we live in where we don't have to do any work. And his plans for it made a lot of actual sense. But um, he said that we shouldn't really have to do things. like He said that we can make machines to literally do everything. Literally everything. um, Which is interesting to think about. But... Then it's like, well, then what do people do with their no, time? No, it, it makes me uh, think of, uh, you ever seen Wally, that cartoon, yeah. where those like overweight people are floating around in their like metal chairs dr- sipping soda all day? I don't know. It's like a futuristic, like, what are you doing all day in a way? Yep. You know? Jacques Fresco is his name, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a chance, look it up. Um, a lot of people might laugh at some of his ways, but he was like, uh, he has tons of theories on tons of different things. Um, he's a socialist. Mm-hmm. Uh he he has he worked in New York City school. He's actually from Brooklyn, um, and then he did a lot of his work in Florida. I guess I think that may be wrong. Fact that check fact check that. But um, he's very interesting. Like I don't know if you watched Zeitgeist when you were like younger when it came out, episode one. But they interviewed him for a lot of the reasons. Like everything affects something else, and his theory for working and money and all that stuff makes one thing after another make sense. So. It was up to him. Probably won't even have trains, to be honest. But yeah. What do you What do you think about that whole like humans don't work shit? <sighs> Dude, I don't even know what is it. What is, what, what What is this? Pro- what is it? No, I'm saying like like 
would you be for that or against that? The whole robots do everything for us, and in theory, we can just pursue our passions. I don't even know what everyone would do. You know, I don't even think anyone does anything now. So it's like, what, <laughs> the fuck, what, what would everyone do? He would, basically, like Jacques was saying, like, oh, you would create art. Even you would just create art just to give it to someone. You wouldn't sell your art. So then why would – that's so hard to think about. Why would, why would I do anything? No, it's like a total shift. Yeah, it's just like why would – we're not born to like – we're born to understand. We're born and then we're trained to understand yeah. you need to do something to make I mean, money. I feel like that would only work if everyone just took like psychedelics and like it became some type of like hippie commune where people were like, dude, like this is for you, man. Yeah, you yeah. know, like through love and peace. You yeah, know? I'm like, yo, I don't need gifts. I need real shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what exactly. I mean? But um, aside from all that, so so no, you don't think that the phrase will come to an end because they actually need the freights and it's a very, uh, you know, economical way to ship shit. Now, do you think that just the same way that they tackled the graffiti in New York City subway they would ever do with the freights. Can't even you won't ever be able to do it. There's not enough there's not enough resources to patrol it. And to be honest, a lot of people who work for the railroad give a fuck less. It's always like it's always like the police that are hired or it's depending on where you live, the rail cops can be way more serious, like in Florida or you know, um, just different places in the middle of nowhere where people see you park your car and you go in and the local authorities have to come. But as far as, like, bigger cities, you know, if you've been into train yards in, like, Oakland, L.A., you know, even New York, Philly, no one gives a shit, you know. It's it's just a, it's a heyday. Um, they'll never be able to do it, you know. They, they've done things like raise the numbers higher, but even then, there's still reflectors that get painted over, and the railroad gets fined if the, re- the reflectors are painted over. So it's someone's job to put new reflectors on it every time it's painted, right? So it's essentially creating some weird little job for someone, but you can't get rid of it. It, it won't ever happen. There's just too many. You'd have to fence in everything. Fences cost so much money. Someone will cut the fence anyways. It's just it would be literally impossible. Yeah, it's not like a closed. It's not as much as a closed system as like the New York City subway no, is. It's no. like it literally spans Mexico, Canada, all of the United States, yep. every single state, every single city, every single town. So to stop it, you'd have to do a, a nationwide thing. Yeah, people ride in on freights like from Mexico to you know people put in. Mm-hmm. People are smart enough from Mexico to the United States to tape drugs under the under the trains and understand that, hey, that train will leave this time, end up here, grab the drugs, right? is a free mode of transportation for a lot of things. Um, but, yeah, it will never end. What's been your experience with uh, rail cops? Nothing, nothing crazy. Only earlier on before New York City became uh, this uh, playground, per se, a lot of the train yards just weren't actually uh, cool to go to. Freights were, you know, the yards were always considered uh, burning, scolding hot by all the OGs. Like, oh, yeah, we don't even go there anymore, right? You know, um, before all that, there was um, definitely um, people cared a lot more. Um, uh, New York has two, you know, CSX brings in the cars from out of state, and they, they give them to the local line. The local line didn't care. CSX care they they complain that all the cars are getting painted all the time those people probably don't work for the railroad anymore considering the fact that all the cars in New York City that come in get blasted every single fucking day and then they leave a graffiti on them so yeah you know um, they did 
build like a little thing and then you know vando squad had to get involved and that was that but um that was a long time ago even at the spots where it's clear that this is like a spot where people paint for rates they don't give a shit uh no you know they don't care actually one of the workers the other day talking to them about how they actually need help for people working there they're like we can't even find people to work the local line here they have like a bunch of drug problems. Mm-hmm. We had to fire eight people. I'm like, Jesus, like this is gonna be like an yeah. easier job to do and actually a cool job. You get to be outside all day. You get to be like around like heavy. I don't know why people would think they are above that, but mm-hmm. it's actually good pay too. By the by, 20 years, you can be making three figures just yeah. working for the railroad, connecting brakes, driving a train around. Yeah, it's not the most like exciting, but I mean, at least like you're outside. You're like working with your yeah. hands, right? So. I heard some rumor in Brooklyn, I think it was a few months ago, where essentially the cops left a clean car in the tracks and they were waiting for people to hit it and they just like swarmed in or I don't even know. Oh, that was uh, with all the the old uh, subway cars. Mm -hmm. Um, They were bringing them to scrap them somewhere and I forget where they were going to scrap them, but it was a bunch of old subway MTA models. They were putting them on like, uh, like shipping containers and they were leaving them on the docks, and obviously people were hitting them to uh, actually just get the flicks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time they brought them through, they actually were down there, which I don't understand why they would actually care because they're just going to go get chopped up, put in a gondola, and ship to Mexico or something, unless there's some ulterior motive. Someone's going to turn those into some weird hotels or, like, mm-hmm. weird little, like, scenery-type thing. But, yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, that was actually true, though. Mm-hmm. How do you genuinely feel when you clearly have put in a lot of time and effort into not just painting freights, but studying freights, studying freight history, doing homework on the spots, understanding not just like in a graffiti aspect, but kind of more in like literally how freights work, what they're used for, how many cars come in, where they go, etc., and you see random people just start painting freights, come in and, and kind of just maybe ruin the yard or not respect it as much as, say, you do. And you've kind of been here for uh, longer than a lot of the people who will maybe maybe move to New York or even just come into a yard that you're at. How do you genuinely feel when you see that? Does it disgust you? Do you oh, give a shit? Or? No, no. Um, it's absolutely repulsive, to be <laughs> honest. I, I cannot stand it. It fucking, it drives me insane, actually. Um just it's only here and it's been the last maybe six or seven years in New York with this popularity of like I don't know where it comes from but um, just I'm gonna go hit a car and you don't really understand what you're doing you don't understand what you're painting over you don't even understand what you're painting and uh, thank God a lot of people in New York don't really give a fuck about freight train I don't want to waste my paint on that bullshit yeah that's great keep that motif going you know keep painting the streets get your name why wouldn't you move to new york and paint the greatest city where graffiti was born get your name up in the streets why wouldn't you do that first develop a style practice and then you're just going to go fucking hit freights the ball games changed you know uh in you know in 93 freights would go by and people would be begging for fucking graffiti to be on a train now you'd be lucky to find one clean car and there's people just capping stuff. Uh, yeah, the amount of work that some people go in. And I, I was lucky enough to be surrounded by people when I was getting into trains that were mean to me. Uh, I think that's the greatest tool someone 
could do to someone else because if you're trying to do this thing, graffiti or whatever, and people don't let you in, that really separates you from the 10 of your other friends that are trying to do it, and that's going to earn your respect, right? If you keep coming back, you keep trying to get better, you keep coming back with more paint, that says a lot about you, right? Uh, But this day and age when you're like, that's wrong, you can't do that, then you're the bully, you're the bad guy. I don't have a fucking problem being that at all. Uh, I don't have a problem saying what needs to be said, doing what needs to be done. Um, people need to get painted over. They need to be told they can't come here anymore. They need to be told all of that type of stuff. Or they're never going to learn. You, you can't just do what you always want. It's, it's, a huge, it's a huge disgrace for all the people who have fucking put in the time and effort to pave the way. Yeah. And all the generations after us need to do is just follow up on that. It's, it's, the, the bar is so low. Just pick up your cans before you leave after you paint a what I don't understand why you wouldn't do that. Mm. I mean, th- that bar is so low. Anywhere else in the world, you'd get punched in the head. But here in these bigger cities, it's just like, yeah, like do what you want. And then you can't you can't say anything because there's then, you know, whatever. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't it's not gonna really fly under my watch. Um, you know, uh, it just gotta we gotta keep it rolling for all the people who like really set these rules for freight train graffiti and um, they aren't really made to be broken because the rules already worked i mean you know just keep your yard clean don't let workers see you you could be cool with workers you know just be caught you know just all these simple things that people just don't follow because they think they're in like a bigger city like new york or philadelphia or whatever Um, and honestly i'm just getting tired of it to be honest. You see it a lot in New York specifically? Yeah, everywhere you go, you see it, you know, up and down. Uh, you see it, and uh, it's just getting annoying. Uh, I just don't understand why people would want to waste their time, you know, doing that. You can tell, you can judge a book by your co- by its cover when you can tell someone's really trying to do this thing properly. Uh, their bag is packed properly. They're dressed properly. You, you know, if you're in there with ska- a skateboard and headphones and, like, 12 beers, it's like, you're already not welcome, right? Like, that, it's just that's just bullshit. Um, people are going to probably watch this and be like, well, they can, people can do whatever they want. Well, I'm telling you that they can't. Um, it's, it's just as simple as that, you know. There's a, there's a, you know, people don't do that in the clean train world. There's so many rules. The people, they've gone above and beyond to craft and a system for clean trains that they won't even talk about. You know, it's just so much more than even this. If you want to throw your cans on the ground, your caps on the ground, just paint a gate, paint a roof, leave your cans up there, do that shit. But there is an art to taking care of the freight world, right? right? And it's gone to hell because the people who have crafted this are now too old with kids Mm. to, like, really give a fuck and be out there fighting and being like, you can't fucking do that. And it's not going to work through Instagram and it's not going to do this. You really need to be out there, like, doing that in person. And then the people that they put under their wing are like, well, we've had enough. We took a beating from them. All right, just do whatever you want. And that's kind of what I'm noticing, that there's, like, this generational gap uh, in the freight world where it's like, you know, this mid-school, you could say, is like, oh, it's not that important. We learned that, like, it'll never get us nowhere, and painting a 1,000 cars a year isn't going to, like, get us any money, but you don't do it for that. And people who aren't, you know, 
they aren't like trying to really live and breathe freight culture probably should just back away and they should just go you know like this really isn't for me i'm not trying to like come up here and do the best i can every time i come up here i'm not trying to be the most up on freights if i don't really like trains i don't even know why they're here i don't know what they carry i don't know what these numbers mean i don't know why this light is flashing if you don't want to learn that and you don't want to respect that then you should just see yourself out of it immediately so yeah i mean i think that uh a style of like i guess you could call it gatekeeping or just I, I guess actually caring for the culture that you're in and because you do care about the culture that you're in like kind of like the way that you do and a lot of people care about their own specific cultures gatekeeping is kind of a way i think to really school the new people coming in and it you 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 said earlier that it was like one of the best gifts that or best things that could have happened to you like someone being mean to you because that makes you and i kind of agree with you you know what i mean because realistically like not just in graffiti but anything that i myself have been interested in in like the era of time where i was just first first getting in, into these things like that makes it all the more special because it's not just you know if something's just publicly uh, available to everybody it's no longer special special usually just means like it's more rare harder to achieve etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think that one of the things that is really uh cool and respectable about graffiti is a bunch of the knowledge of the history is a bunch of like paying respect to the people who came before you the rules that are there etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera, etc cetera. and i think freights is no different um obviously we're living in a time period now where like if you shit on somewhat if you shit on somebody like a lot of people have a problem with that but the, i would understand but there's also like ways to do shit yeah. you know what i mean like the the world is not like the nicest place there's obviously like cold harsh realities and i'm not saying that like the freight scene has to be like the cold harsh reality of the world but also you can't just have people come and you know disrespect some shit that they don't really know or understand and like i myself i've never been a huge like person super into freights however i've always been aware of the fact that that's a culture in and of itself that's separate from street graffiti as well as the fact that like i am understanding of kind of like oh i'm going into a territory that like i'm not as well versed in as in the streets and like just me knowing that alone i'll you know kind of like maneuver differently something that's crazy about freights is that the people who are into them like really into them i'm not just saying like they just paint but like they're really into them really are knowledgeable about the history i would say even more than like what street writers like pure street writers will will know like they know about the surface they're painting really deeply um it's obvious like i said earlier that you're one of those people you know about a bunch of shit about freights how did you first start getting into learning all this stuff? I'm sure you learned it through just a span of years here, 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 here. You get a little information here, a little information there. But how has the process been like? And um, yeah, just tell me about that. I feel like I feel like freight stuff is it's almost the luck of a draw. Like, um, you know, you can. That's why I say people should probably like bomb their city. But not everyone has a city to bomb all the time. But you know, it's like someone's yard is always their yard. And especially when you get closer to these metropolitan areas like New Jersey or Philadelphia or New York or, you know, uh, upstate New York or somewhere, 
unless those trains were literally in your backyard and you never saw anyone go there, that spot is probably someone else's spot. So it's almost like a luck of a draw of like, if you go, you know, this has happened to me a bunch of times when I first moved to New York City or I'd go to New Jersey and I'd go into someone's yard. Oh, this doesn't look like uh, anyone paints here. Next day, wake up to 10 phone calls and then get on that phone call and there's 20 dudes yelling at you on speaker. Never fucking come back. No, I'm going to kill you. You know, whatever. And you're like, all right, cool. I respect that actually because like you guys did the homework and like I don't even belong here. So you kind of like weasel your way through and you try to figure out where you belong and those who stick around stick around but like i always wanted to i i saw trains a friend introduced me to it and i didn't know that there was all these things about them and then someone took me under their wing and that was the thing someone took me under their wing right i feel like a lot of people don't have that mentorship Mm -hmm. and then you don't learn about all that i feel like it's one it's it's something handed down generation by generation or person by to person and then when that person was done with me they handed me off to someone else and that person knew more than the other person right so it's like that's where the information came in i remember being with one of my you know best friends now and he knows everything he's been painting he's one of the earliest writers to paint and i remember like him even before we started the can even came out don't fucking take your camera out. No flash photos in here. And like, I'm like, oh, damn, okay. It's like simple shit like that sticks with you, right? Like, don't ever, don't ever do this. Don't ever do that. Or you see like how he's reacting to certain things. Like, we don't park here. This is how we do the bag drop. This is how we do this. This You don't paint that, you paint this. Most people now are like, oh, like all these rules and shit aren't for me. But for me, I was like very aware, like that is cool. And then to see people get excited like himself when you check spots and you can only see the tops of the cars when you're driving by. There's trains in there. There's trains. In. Okay. Here's how you get in there. Here's how you check the spots. You have to check all this, you know, all these things you do um, to do freight graffiti and someone has to teach you that. And if you don't know, it's going to be a hard road mm-hmm. for you. But if you keep coming back and back for more, someone will respect that. And there's so much working against you from the very minute you decide to do it anyways. You know, it's like you need paint. You need almost infinity amount of paint to do trains. You need a good style. You need a good you – need, you need all this stuff. Everyone's toy in the beginning, but it's like how bad of a toy are you, right? Mm-hmm. Like is it bad enough to literally piss someone off in that yard? Like, Or is it like this guy's trying, right? Um, so it's like, yeah, you know, from the very beginning, everyone was mean to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thank them for that. I thank them all the time for that. Um, if I didn't have that, I don't know, like, if it would have kept me going or not, right? Like, I guess it's a certain, like, jock mentality. It's like, you're not going to, you know, fucking... There is, like, a sense of jock mentality to freight stuff or even graffiti in general. It's all ego-driven anyways. But it's like, if you like to win, then you just keep going and going. You're not going to just give up. And then you're going to try to earn your respect and just, you know, do it the right way, the the way that they said to do it. And it's not hard, you know. So those mentors, yeah, it's uh, it's really that's like the thing. Mentorship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100 percent. Mentorship is very important, I think, especially in graffiti, because it it sets a strong foundation and it can it can make your like, let's say, graffiti career, quote unquote, go from like 
you developing a style which will take you 10 years or you could develop it in like a year and a half or have a strong idea at least of what you're going to do right. and like you said earlier like the, the sad part is that a lot of these old school dudes that have been in the game for so long a lot of them like you said are just you know whether they have a family or they're not in it anymore so if you have someone in your life that is like that like an old school dude that knows about all this stuff or even like you it doesn't have to be like someone like aesthetically old it's just yeah. you know someone that knows their shit right like you have to respect and cherish that person because if you really are into this like th that stuff will change your career and like you will become you know like you'll set a high standard for yourself you know you, you know what it is too i feel like um even just not that many that many eras ago it was hard to come by like a, a mentor it was hard to come by uh knowledge it's hard to come by meeting even people who fucking did graph or or did what what you're doing um now i don't think that's the case i know i know kids who started writing legit like a year and a half ago who are fully fully uh, i guess mentored accepted by not just like some pretty sick pretty sick people but also just like the entire community whereas like when I started painting, like, I didn't know anyone who wrote for so many years. I never thought I would know anyone who wrote ever because I was like, how am I ever going to meet anyone who writes when there's nowhere to meet anyone who writes? And uh, what the, you know what I mean? And, and I feel like that's a huge different thing now. And I think that that causes people to not really, not that they don't like cherish, I guess, their mentors, because I think that they still do. But it is a different thing. If you get a fucking mentor after two weeks of you knowing what graph is, it's different if you wrote for like six, seven years and until you finally met someone who wrote and then you're like, oh shit, sick. This is dope because I finally know someone who knows about this shit, not because I told them and they were my homie outside of graph that, but because they like had the kind of like the same process that I did learning everything um, by themselves. And like, yeah, like I, I came up in like a, like more internet era where like it's not as crazy as it was as it is now, but there was videos online, there was like forums, um, and stuff like that. But it was still even then like harder to come across stuff than it is you know now, and that's pretty crazy. Um, Freights is a crazy thing. Like we talked to this episode hasn't come out yet. Maybe it has by now. I don't know. But we talked to Learn Why Me. Okay. And he was telling us like when he started painting Freights with him and his and his crew, there was like. To his knowledge, if I'm not mistaken, it was 50 to 100 people max mm -hmm. in the entirety of America that were painting freights. Mm -hmm. And like every car, it would be hard to find cars that like type weren't clean. Now it's hard to go in and find cars that are clean. Yeah. And he was just telling us like just how much the freight scene has changed. Because when he was doing it, it was really like him and his, and his small group of friends in this almost secluded area of yeah. America. Whereas now it's like the fucking train's coming into New York and it's leaving shitted on. Yeah. And it's going to be clear, actually, that that one just left New York. Yeah. Because yeah. it's going to be just painted way too much, honestly. Yeah. Um, how do you feel that applies to you? Like, how, is, how long have you been painting freights uh, and how has the freight scene changed even just since you started? I think I've been painting trains since 2007, which it feels weird to sit here and try to be like a... Uh, a, like a voice of reason for all of this stuff because there's people who are still doing it that are like the OGs and they're still painting but I feel like there's uh there's an opportunity to come on here and you know learns like OG you know like those guys are OG and a lot of people in my crew are OG but they get interviewed all the time you're not hearing from many people 
um, from like a mid school era or even like a new era speaking on like understanding this. And I, I guess like younger kids may need like a new voice. Like I'm tired of seeing the same interviews with people all the time, you know, like I'd rather read or listen to someone that I'm more familiar with. That's like a new voice, you know, like that maybe a kid that's bombing harm. What is his perspective on, you know, this stuff? Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I think that uh, shit. What was the second one? It was just how has the freight scene changed since you even just you started oh, writing? Oh shit! I, I mean, internet's a blessing and the curse. Like it, it, it's good. You know, I get photos of everything. Usually, ninety percent of the time, it's bad photos. Anyways, it's some account like high drinking venture four twenty six six six. Really bad <laughs> photos, but it's like I, I could, I don't care about the photo. I don't take photos of my stuff. I don't I don't care about their photos. I don't care if someone sends me photos. I did it. I was there for it. Um, unless it's, like, a great photo, like, which it usually isn't, which I don't know how there's not good photos because, like, the iPhone just takes a good photo anyways. But, um, yeah, you know, there's a million people who have dictated on our culture via iPhone or Internet being, like, you know, we take the photos of the trains. I Actually, you guys are losers. You guys just take photos that's not what this is about. Um, it's about actually going out there and doing it. Um, as far as that, these threads, uh, you know, even now Instagram changed again to where reels are a thing, right? Like now that's something everyone's going to make. These things dictate and they're easy for people to navigate towards. Like a kid can just be like graffiti. And now the phone knows to give you all of these things. And if those things aren't like put together well then you have a, a wrong idea of how this thing is supposed to be going, right? Like, uh, especially if it's not biased, right? If you're not only showing good graffiti, right? You're showing every type of thing, then you think that, like, this is maybe how it should look when really people already figured this out. They figured it out during the subway era. Those things are the things we still do. Um, so it's more about how people get into this. It's changed and that knowledge that we've already talked about. Um feel like it was a lot harder to get any, into everything um, via, you know, before forums, whatever. Um, you really had to do something, right? So um, you could write someone a letter or, you, you know, I've had people be like, I'll trade you this for hard copies. I want hard copies of things. Um, that's cool to me. Um, that means you really, you know, you developed the photo or whatever. You stood out there all day. Um, the phone is just a tool for everything to be easier and it's been said a thousand times before, you know, I don't know what else is left to be said about it, but I, I just hope that kids can be like, or like a newer generation can take note from some of these things, like stuff that you guys are doing or look up videos like this, which a lot of people don't know about this. Right. Uh, you know, the new documentary, you know, rolling thunder that just came out, maybe they can watch that. You know, a lot of people don't even know that that documentary is based off the freight train book, which is like the first book I racked from Barnes and Nobles along with Subway Art. And it, it says everything you need to know in there. It's like this thick and, you know, it's like this big and it has hundreds and thousands of photos and interviews and all this shit and it breaks it all down. And I've, I've asked people, oh, you don't have the freight train book? No, I don't have it. Uh, what the fuck don't you have the fucking book for? Like, it's $5 on Amazon, you know, whatever. You could steal it from Barnes and Nobles or whatever the fuck. So, yeah, you know, that I used to just glamorize that thing, right? It's like, man, you know, and then 
you know, years later, it's like now I'm crew with some of those people that have interviews, which is like insane to me. But yeah, that's how it's changed. It's the way people do things, right? And that's for everything. I'm sure you guys are into the fighting stuff. It's probably the same way. I don't. Maybe that's still the same way. I don't know. I wouldn't go in there and be like, I'm gonna kick all your guys' asses, right? You you go in there with respect. You learn how to fight, right? You don't go into like uh, a college room and tell your pr- professor that they're wrong, right? You you kind of just like uh, you kind of learn and then you make your own adjustments. That's how this stuff should be too. It's like you know, you gotta you gotta try to do what's already been done well, and then make your assessment of it. Mm. So I'm sure a lot of people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is that shit he just picked up?" So oh, yeah, yeah um, what is what is that DVD? And uh, we watched that shit pr- previous to this. And yeah, so what's up with that? This is a video called Reefer Madness, and it's about this guy Fatso, who goes on this uh, journey to just find a certain type of train, which is a solid cold and find the last one because when he was a kid he used to see those in his hometown and uh i think this this dvd is something you can still maybe get offline but anyone trying to get into fray graffiti should probably watch this and this thing alone depicts so much dedication from these types of people that like even in the the new york section you know there's some people may have not even that live in new york that might not even know the new york guys because they just painted trains but they're out there day after night after night after night still painting, you know, and they're still painting now, some of them. Um, so, yeah, it, it depicts, like, oh, man, it's crazy rewatching it because I wanted you guys to rewatch it. And then, you know, you could form questions. But after I watched it again, like, 10 or 12 years later, I was like, this stuff still holds weight, right? Like, these, some of these guys... They've just put in so much effort. The the names that are on some of those old cars are the names that are still on cars now and they're still going. And people need to understand that. So yeah. It's yeah, it's crazy. You try to find that online and I'm not sure if you can, but for me I, I couldn't. Okay. It's pretty hard to do. Uh and obviously it was like a pretty pretty solid, pretty pretty big thing when it came out. Yeah. But now there's just so many videos that like who like the average person's not going to care about a video that came out forever ago because every three days there's a yeah there's a video coming <laughs> out so it is really crazy but there is like something to those types of videos more long format hard copy um, especially when they ca- came out at a time period where there was like really nothing like I think that's why videos like state your name were just so crazy because there wasn't shit like that before it was really like there was but like you know what I mean like yeah. it's starting you're getting closer and closer to the source to the root of like this was one of the first of its kind first for for like new york city street bombing where they're talking and they're each showing their personality and like that video kind of reminded me of that yeah they're very different but just like the the approach to to it is like really crazy um you mentioned about being crew with some of the people who are like getting interviewed and these books and stuff like that uh in Rolling Like Thunder, they depicted, they showed the beef of like WH, ETC, um, mainly on freights and stuff like that. So what do you have to, what do you have to say about that? You're WH. Um, what's the deal with that? And how do you feel about the way that it was shown in that, in that uh, documentary? I think that that video was like more made for the general public, right? If I'm not, if I'm not wrong or right, I think it was made to just kind of show that like, there was a bad guy and there was a villain in that instance when there really is like 
it's not the case. Um, but you know, if someone watched it, my mom could probably understand like, Oh, these guys, you know, they're like, you know, there's a bad guy here and these guys are the good guys or whatever. Um, but that's really not the case. And it's cool that that was highlighted in that film because, you know, beef on trains is a real thing, but this beef is probably one of the biggest beefs on trains in all of the span of freight graffiti in America. And, um, what I could say about it is that what they said in there wasn't actually like, you know, you don't have enough time to really go back all these years and, you know, this guy did this and this is how it started. But what I can say that it just wasn't like someone was like, you're a dumbass, your graffiti sucks. It was a lot more than that. And it started pre or, you know, when 12 ounce was like kind of like a hotbed for graffiti. I don't know if you guys ever looked at it, but there was a Metalheads forum on mm. there, and that was for Freights, and it started in there with a bunch... That was a way to communicate, because there wasn't really Facebook yet or Instagram. Um, so, like I said, blessing and a curse. This thing exists. You can post their own photos. It started there, and now we're here. And literally, you know, WH has... It's paved the way for graffiti and freight graffiti in general you know you ask anyone who's really into freight graffiti they will mention wh hands fucking down and that's not even biased when i was painting those are the names i would always see i would see them all the fucking time and you know it was always good stuff and not to mention that they birthed some people's careers that went on to still do graffiti now and they're not even wh a lot of people who you see now and some people who are even dead were wh at one point um it's a really respected thing and it's a shame that we're in this situation but it's never gonna end unless everyone dies on both sides and that's the thing with fucking fray graffiti is that like you know you get into a fucking you get into an altercation in new york and it's like meet up meet up you can't do that with someone who lives on the other side of the country. And this thing has gone on for so long that there's no way to ever end it because there's no way to tell if it could end, right? Even if someone gets their ass kicked, even if someone gets shot, stabbed, there's this paper trail of evidence for all of this stuff that's happened. There's a goddamn documentary out on Showtime where it shows two people in, you know, in this thing. All you can do is now just use paint and that's <laughs> both sides have infinite people that are painting infinite amount of supplies. They'll never stop. These people are diehard. Um, it'll just go on forever. And literally until people are literally six feet under people on there, no one on our side has dropped our crew and no, you know, no one's dropped it on their side. Tons of people have dropped the crew. They're, They've gotten rid of the ETC name on it. They don't want anything to do with it anymore. They don't want all their hard work. WH has some of the most influenced influence freight writers in the entire you know country. Their work is still on the lines. The history of their work is being erased. Obviously, people are pissed off about that. Shit from 92, 93, 94. These guys, people who weren't even born yet, are going, they're capping that stuff. They feel bad about it. They don't want to do it, but it's not going to end. And I think people out there, I see comments online and there's there's almost like pages dedicated to it. Why is this happening? 
it doesn't matter why it's happening. It just know that you're just going to see it forever. And that's the only way that it's going to happen. I mean, it, it, in, in, in the thing, it's like, we're going over whole cars and how much crazier does it get? It's not even that crazy. You know, like just, you just go <laughs> over stuff. Like it's just, you know, it's like not, Oh shit. He went over my whole car. It's like, fuck. Like, Oh, I have to stop. I'm like, no, that means oh, it was, like, it was whole cars over whole cars. Yeah, it's like, that's not crazy. Like, that's nothing compared to like what people do on a day to day basis and this crew, you know, um, they they just won't give up. It, 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 people aren't that old. Uh, it, you can you can paint till you're dead. As far, you can paint a train till you're dead. Right. It's not like, you know, streets or it's like, oh, shit, like I can't be 75 getting arrested or 60 fucking falling down a fucking flight of stairs or you could walk up to a train when you're 60 and paint it so this beef will literally live as long as like people can walk on two feet and maybe even if they're in a wheelchair maybe they'll fucking still be doing it i don't know but uh that's i think that's one thing people need to know uh you know i could get into the history of it but it's just like and then you know names start popping up and important information that's not even really that relevant just know that like I think people just need to understand that like that film made it seem like it could be like a handshake and, and then maybe these guys will stop doing what they're doing. Um, it's just not going to happen. Um, another thing is, is that, you know, uh, Jesus, like there, there's just so much to it. I think that um, it's sad. It's It's sad to see some of the things happening. Like I said before, that, Literally, like, some of my favorite riders, I've seen some of their cars pull in, and there's an ETC straight letter over it. And, like, dude, you're, you're – n- they know. They they have messaged people in WH and called them and been like, we literally look up to you guys. I, I feel bad doing this. There's that whole side of people see what's going on. They see ghouls, and they see phone, and they see these guys that, like – have created something so crazy, you know, and their shit has just gone over by some bullshit all over, like, kind of, you know, uh, a petty beef. But (laughs) WH has never been one to give in and give up. They've been to war many of times over things, and this is just one of those things. And like I said before, uh, a meetup to squash it, I don't even know how that would work. Um but it's just never going to happen. It's 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 just like it's not it's not even in the uh realm. It's just not going to happen. It doesn't even matter. It's just everyone has to die and that's it. As funny as that is, literally they we do and they do and then that's when and then we don't get gone over anymore. I have to pass away for someone to respect my pieces from here on out. Like don't go over the dead. Everyone knows you don't go. Some of that some, someone in their crew has died. We respect his pieces now. We used to go over them. We now respect his pieces because he's dead. He died during this beef, not because of the beef, but he's dead, you know, and uh, we will respect his stuff. So that means, like, literally, that's just how it has to go from here on out. Or you drop the crew. If you drop the crew, then, you know, people won't go over you. But not everyone got the memo. Not everyone gets the memo. So, you know... Someone in Texas who didn't get the memo because they're not in the talking to everyone all the time. Trains might still in. They're still capping them. It comes back online or it goes back into someone else's spot. Oh, you guys are still ragging us. That is kind of what happens on freights is that it just doesn't end. And 
you gotta you gotta understand it's like 50 people versus 25 people it's, it's no one and then their friends are ragging and everyone else you know everyone's taken aside at some point and they're doing things for other people so not the it just yeah it's it's just never gonna end <laughs> so how often how often do you uh get pictures sent to you of your stuff that's capped uh i just told people to stop sending me it i don't give a shit anymore um I, I actually told people, like, literally my best friends, just don't even send me anything, period. Like, even if it's good. or I, I, I don't even care. Like, I, I like word of mouth from people who work for the railroad or for people who actually bench trains, which is the way you're supposed to see graffiti. It's like, you know, Ichabod said the lines don't lie. It's like the most true quote is when you go bench, who's up is who's up. There's no other way around it. I like that. Like, I like when someone was like, I've been benching all week. And you're up. That, okay, that's all I needed to hear. You're up more than everyone else. Okay, cool. I just need to keep doing what I'm doing then. Someone goes, oh, I didn't really see you. Oh, I'm pissed. Now I need to fucking paint more, right? That's the whole game. If I go bench myself and I don't go by, then it's like, you didn't do enough this year. You didn't do enough at all. You're, you did it. Everyone else was up besides you. Even though that's not really how it is, but that's just like, that's that's the game, right? Do more. The object is more. So it yeah. is insane how much you have to paint freight uh, to really be up every time a line goes by. It's crazy. And there are motherfuckers who are really up there every is. time a line goes by. That is. It is really crazy. I don't know what the number is, but it's just like people really make a actual like career out of it. Like they do it as if it's their full time job. Yep. Um, a lot of the times it's not even time spent actually painting, but just like prep prep work, doing homework on spots, uh, scoping out things, learning things and getting flicks or whatever. Like there's just so much that goes behind it that that's something to me that I think is me personally. I think that if you're really, really up on freights to the point where every time a line goes by, you're on it in any part of the country, that's next level shit. That is that has to be harder than going all city. In New York, oh, like yeah, one thousand percent. Like, how many people have done that? Like, in freight, not that it's, many. It's a handful of people, and you can go all city with two carts and maybe a couple months of dedication of your time. Freights. So, as soon as you decide to apply that paint to a car, the amount of things that's working against you, rather than just painting a gate, the amount of things that's working against you. Once, once this paint literally comes out of the can, is that, you know. There's a buff. The train could derail. The weather could, you know, some toy could go over it. You have beef. Mm. Um, It pulls away. You don't get to finish it. Um, Acquiring paint. Just to do the actual amount of graffiti that you need to do is astronomical. The ways people get paint without racking it. You know, going, you know, all types of ways. You know, going to fucking... You know, farmers markets, fucking uh, garage sales, bargain, you know, all those types of things. Um, There's so, you know, there's just so much, you know, the date, you know, we talked about it earlier where they like, you know, cars getting scrapped. There's just, you know, there's so much even before you actually get to do your piece and to do that year after year after year. And not a lot of people are built for that. I I can tell you single-handedly there's people who won't paint in the cold. You can't just take six months off on the East Coast and not paint. You you have to paint. Like you have to be out there in twelve degree weather. You have to. You just you have to. There's no other way around it. Oh, I I want to paint just in the summer when it's nice out. 
okay, yeah, cool. 50 trains, 100 trains a year, that's not getting you anywhere. You might as well not even try. If you just like to have like a good time and in a nice peaceful session and paint your 50 pieces a year, cool, you're not going to be up. You can make your Instagram account, which a lot of these people do, post their 50 trains a year, then repost them when they get benched, and then repost them when their friends send them. It makes it seem, I don't want to name any names, I can make a lot of fucking names of people who do that, but (laughs) people in New York, definitely, but there's a lot of people who make it seem like they're out there actually applying paint to a fucking train. They're absolutely not. They're not doing it, because like we said before, there's a lot working against you, and, you know, it's it's longevity, it's consistency. The amount of, you know, if you guys ever watched Infamy, uh, they, interviewed, they interviewed Jason there. He's the freight writer of the, the video and how he talks about doing the J on every side of the car. There's not a lot of J's left, and he did thousands and thousands and thousands. Isn't of that crazy? And then that's crazy. As soon as you give up that little period, you know, you have a kid or, you know, you got to plan a wedding, you get married, you take off two years, you get an injury or you just find another fucking hobby and you decide to come back. You're going to come back to a lot of things just not being there. Well, you said that it was like kind of it was the 40 year cycle. You yeah. got to think that every year is some cars 40 year cycle. Exactly. So every year they're going out. And another thing that is crazy is that in the streets, it's like acceptable to just do fills and tags Like you could be really up with even just. You don't have to do fills, like outlines and tags, outlines and tags. But on freights, like, it's more of the culture is you have to really produce, like, a work. Yeah. Like, you got to straight up do, like, something impressive. Yeah. Um, not to say that volume of outlines and tags isn't impressive, but it's, like, a different thing to straight up do a straight up piece. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you could do, like, maybe, you know, like, 10, 12, 13, 14 fill-ins a night. Like, can you do 10, 12 real deal pieces probably not right um so that's another thing and not to mention that like like you said like doing a hundred cars in a year that's like nothing like i know i know kids who for years did did uh did freights and i know they did what i considered at the time a lot and i still consider it a lot of freights but it's not a lot if what depending on like relative to what you're trying to achieve i never see their shit Yep. <laughs> and I know that they painted. Yeah. And I'm like, that just goes to show how much you have to you have to paint. Like one time I um I went I drove to uh pretty much Florida and then I parked, I was doing some shit, whatever. I parked at some random parking lot. It was pitch black. I just picked a random sp- I was gonna sleep in the car. Went to sleep, woke up, the sun was like coming up or was up or whatever, and I'm like, okay, work. I go, I look out my car window, I was alone. And there was a fucking Ichabod end to end. Like, I was like, that moment stood out to me so much because I'm like, because, you know, like I was in New England where, of course, I see like Ichabod up. Then I go to I literally don't look at nothing, like pretty much driving all the way down. I don't see nothing, whatever. Go to sleep, wake up. And I see that. And it's not just like a, a whatever thing. It's like a really well done end to end. Um, And I was like, holy shit, like you have to. You had had to have done so much stuff. Or even the other day, we were we were chilling by that river upstate. Yeah, yeah. And a car. I'm like, yo, let's just let's just sit yeah, and watch this exactly. go by. We watch it go by. It was like and I'm the like, last I don't know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't really know any of these people on this to be honest. <laughs> so I'm like, I was thinking like some of these heads are pretty good. So they probably painted a, quite a lot to be good. Yeah. But I still never heard of them. Yeah. And then Ichabod at the end. I'm like, yeah. this is so like, stupid. Like of course, you know, this like the one name crazy. that like you're like, 
Of course, yeah, that would yeah. be there. It's like a it's like a fucking serial number yeah. on a train. It's insane. And and actually, we were driving. Um, we were driving. We we drove a few times from here to uh, SF and LA and back, just doing like podcast stuff. And we saw you. We would see cars yeah. from far, far away, and you were mm. up on honestly a lot of them. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I was gonna send you. I don't know. Did I send you a picture? No, of probably not. It's good you did it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, Ichabod's a monster. Mm. Uh, he, he really awesome. invented that. When he didn't, you know, Cap kind of did. Honestly, there's a lot of people who embody what Cap did in Star Wars. Where it's it's more right, more and more. I want to be on every car, even if it's not a piece. I want to do my throw up on every car. That makes a lot of sense. That premise still stands, right? Ichabod took that, ran with it. There used to be a photo on 12 Ounce on the forums where it was a mile long of cars that were sitting, and he had hit every single one of them. It was like a panor. It did. The photo is crazy. It still sticks out to me. But that idea, like Jace hitting every mm-hmm. do a piece, a nice piece, then I'm gone. You're not gonna see me. Boom, J J J everything. That that holds a lot of weight, right? You know, because it doesn't matter. You're just doing an outline, a tag, or whatever. Um, it can get gone over, but there's hundreds of more of them, and people like you guys are gonna see them. Whatever Ichabod did, it, you know, he has whole car. He has everything with whole cars to streaks. He has he touches all bases, and you need to do whatever you can. If it's even picking up a rock off the ground and scratch on the fucking car, like you know, map style, mm-hmm. like you know, fucking whatever mm-hmm. you can, just fucking. Do what you can to get up on all the cars, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't enjoy that part of it, though, right? Like, that's there's that's a whole other level of doing trains. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's how you get up. I mean, that's yeah. the only way, you know. And there's a lot. There's not a lot, but I'd say there's probably 25 people in the country that do that. And you see them on every mm-hmm. line that comes in. And there's other people who like to do 100 a year. And that's cool, too. They're good. They're good at what they do, but um, you're not gonna be up on every single yeah. line, and that's and you can't be. You know, there's a lot of people who paint for the last 25 years, and they might not have good lines in the town mm-hmm. they live in, and the cars might not even go west coast. They might just stick around the Midwest. They might stick around Midwest to East Coast. They might never touch, you know, West Coast. And people out there are like. I don't know who the fuck this is mm. if you ask around, right? So it's all about really all that knowledge still keeps coming back, you know? Like, this is what you should hit. This is what you should paint. This is when and why. And those guys with that knowledge, you know, it it, it can be handed down in a useful way. Um, so, yeah, you know, fucking Ichabod, wow. Did you guys interview him yet? Uh, no, but that's the plan yeah cool which would be really cool <laughs> That'd be cool um it's crazy too what he chose like the tiktok style is like it's just perfect for freights the speed that they're moving at and yeah. it's like it's it's like it's perfect for freights it's super legible yeah. uh repetitive over and over and over um uh if you ever listened to his uh pot there was a podcast called crime time i don't know if they still do it anymore but he has one on there where he speaks through his speaking spell is it the robot thing? Yeah. I listen um, to that. It's, it's amazing. It's crazy. It's literally why one of the best freight interviews I've ever heard. It's just like really straight to the point, and the answers are really funny. I don't know if it's because it's through the speaking spell or what, but um, a lot of the stuff he says in there still holds true. I mean, he says the lines don't lie in there. I mean, it's really true. So When I first found that interview, I don't know how old I was. It had to be at least 10 years ago, and I swore on everything that I was the only person like ever to have found that. And I was like, is this really him? It's a fucking robot. 
And I couldn't believe that I found that interview online. Now I know that like a lot of people have heard it. But at the time, I'm like, yo, I got to tell people about this. Like, no one, why has no one said anything about this? Like, why has nobody said that this interview exists? This is fucking crazy. Yeah. It's a fucking Ichabod talking about painting freights and getting into them and chilling at yards when yeah. he was younger. And he talks about, like, when he started painting, and I couldn't believe it. And the fact that it was in a robot voice. I thought it was cool how he was in Rolling Like Thunder, wearing, like, the Bad Brains tee and the mask by the fire. It was, <laughs> it like, some sense. Kill Bill. Like, yeah. it was, like, it was really cool. It's crazy. Um... But yeah, uh, on another note, um, I was going to ask you about BMX real quick. Uh If uh, I don't really know shit about BMX, I know about skating. And I know that with the coming of social media and Instagram, skating changed so much. Um, Like it just changed. Everything about it changed. Uh, And I was wondering if the same thing happened with BMX. Yeah, 100%. The whole dynamic's different. the, the kid who skateboards is a lot different than the kid who BMXs, right? The way they get into it, the the whole culture of it. I mean, BMX in its heyday when it was, you know, born was, you know, a cultural icon of things. Everyone, you run into someone, oh, I used to ride, someone's dad or whatever, uh, used to be really cool. Now it doesn't feel so fucking cool anymore. Um, it's not a lot of uh, culture left in it. Um, and I don't, I don't know why... We always try to figure that out. We always talk about it. Um, the one thing skateboarding has for at least like that culture or whatever is left of it is still kind of embedded, at least from my eyes. Uh, maybe you guys have a different take on it. But um, the way things are all perceived, the way they're delivered to the public, uh, it's a lot different. Just like everything we do, graffiti and everything is just different now. Um, I think the certain art of like, you know, your friend is not a good rider, so he's the guy that has the video camera, and he makes a video of all of you guys. That's gone. Uh, your friend just has to hold the phone now, and you only have to do the one clip um, rather than, like, craft this thing to put together and, like, try to show someone. The one thing I always agreed on that BMX should have done and had AM and Pro. They have AM and Pro and BMX racing. They don't have it for everything else. Uh, skating has that, so there's something to work for. Um, you know, you you come out with a local video, and uh, you have a friend has a good part in it. Maybe someone will catch eye to that part, and a board company is like, oh, well, he has a future. He has a filmer, and he's good. Maybe we could flow him some boards, and that turns into a bigger and better thing, right? Not to say that going pro is the ultimate goal, but there is something to work for, right? Uh, just like just like anything we do, there you know, there should be that thing um, that like is a, a little bit rewarding in your own way, right? But um, yeah, BMX is just so all over the place. I think everyone that even like runs a brand is like throwing darts in the dark. Like they don't know what to do. They don't know what kids like. Uh, they don't know what works. Maybe skateboarding is doing that the same way. I don't know. But uh, everything just seems a little bit all over the place. Um, but one thing I can say is that the skateboarding. BMX, the graffiti, the hardcore, the hip-hop, all of that shit is just one unit in my book. Um, it all I wouldn't know about graffiti if it wasn't for BMX. So when you open, like, you know, an old magazine, there's ads for graffiti, or there's ads for BMX, or ads for skate, there's ads for music, you know. I wouldn't know anything about graffiti if it wasn't for BMX. So uh, it's just a tool to get from somewhere else to this thing. So, yeah. 
Cool. Um, thank you for coming on the show. As always. Sharing your story, sharing your knowledge, and genuinely appreciate it. Thanks for lending that. And uh, thank you for your patience. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, dude. Thank cool. you so much. Um, yeah. I think a big part of this interview to me that stuck out was like you describing in detail what you find attractive about painting freights. Because mm. I feel like those little like details are like just so meaningful in life if that makes sense you know what i mean yeah. like they're they're like the little paradise and like what makes you like you said attractive and keeps you coming back it's like yeah. the little details you know and that whole talk on mentorship and just i don't know just you actually caring so much about yeah, something yeah. is like so sick nowadays because like you said it's hard to find people that like genuinely care about just anything you know yeah I, not to sound like negative or pessimistic but it's just true almost you know yeah. it's like there's no, it's like, I feel like passion is almost like a lost art. When's the last time you guys ran into someone who was like, you just like kind of walked away from it and you're, guy, you're like, that guy just fucking loves that shit. Like, <laughs> oh, actually, I'm sure you guys deal with it all the time. Actually being on the show, mm -hmm. you talk to people, but then if you get into the nitty gritty of why someone did something, maybe the story isn't all it really added up to be. Like, I'm sure if you talk to, you've heard an Ichabod interview before it all makes fucking sense. He's obsessed with this shit, right? Maybe it's different now, but it'll always be there. I don't know if that's for everyone. Maybe they did it for fame or they did it for rep. But what I can truly say about myself is that, like, there's this thing in me that I, you know, that's the escape, right? Like, I want, I zone out when I do that, right? It's, like, all those certain things. And it almost, like you mentioned before, feels like a job. It almost does feel like a civic duty at this point where it's, like, I I need to like do this. It isn't a question of why anymore. Yeah, like it's a like responsibility. It is a responsibility, and there there comes like a certain thing like in life where it was like uh, someone asked me if I was gonna leave New York once, kind of just like you did in the beginning of this interview. They left New Jersey, even though New Jersey was their, like their thing, right? For a very long time of their life, they moved to Austin, Texas, of all places. And you know, I was like, why? It was so hard for me to come to New York. And then, like, break through, get friends, find jobs, girlfriend, all this shit. Why would I leave? Like, it was almost a waste of time to do any of that hard work. I mean, you come so far in, like, uh, graffiti where it's like, why would you quit? Uh, you've, I've, I've sacrificed so much, like, with my family and, like, past relationships, friends, uh, money, time. All of that was just literally for nothing. Uh, so why would you just stop doing it? And why don't you care about it? If you don't care about it, then why the fuck are you doing it? It doesn't make any sense. If someone doesn't care about this shit, then it's all just going to go to waste. And really, sometimes when you really look at the broad thing, you're like, holy shit, maybe this doesn't actually mean anything. Like, <laughs> like, why should I even care anymore if no one else fucking cares? I remember uh, that guy Read More. Uh, he made a book. I don't know if you guys have it. One of the pages is like on one of the pages, like it's like the earth and on the, on it, it's like, does anyone in the whole entire world care? And it's like, oh, I feel it. I, I really feel that. Cause like, uh, we're always bitching about everything and I'm not one to talk. I'm not curing cancer. I'm literally just putting paint on some shit that's not mine. And, uh, but there's a lot of people who cared before me. So it's a complete fucking, uh, it's just a complete lack of respect for everything that's came before you if you just don't give a shit. Because so many people before us went to jail. They did time. You guys know. I don't have to tell you. We do what we do and we keep it moving for those people, right? Like, you, you got to keep it rolling. 
Because one, you know, you're into hardcore. Every time someone gets on stage, some band always got to go, care about this fucking shit. You never know when your scene will just fucking disappear. It is true. It will disappear Scenes one day. Scenes do disappear. They just disappear. It's crazy. People just move away or They whatever. could be really thriving scenes, too. And, and you know, for, for a graffiti, I do hope everyone moves away. But I hope that, like, the people who are doing it worldwide... Mm. You know they they care about like this video and like they care about when when it, if you watch this and you're like I don't know that was fucking stupid then I would just like do something else right like if you don't see the meaning of it or whatever so yeah um, we care <laughs> thank you yep. thanks peace cool.